It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Out from the line. They go down the left edge. Have they got the numbers? Yes, they have. And Marcelo Montoya, I think, is in the score in the corner. The referee says that will do. Okay. Smeaters out from the try line again into acting half. First receiver is Johnson, holds it up, gets it out the back door. There's Tavanga, runs onto a ball, sent to him on a plate by Walker, and it was just superb play. He scores just beside the post. It's Pompey, Pompey trying to run over and almost loses his jersey, and Cossie's got it on the right side. Cossie gets it, and Cossie has scored in the corner. There was a bit of work to do, and he gets there in the corner with a wonderful dive to dot it down. From Chad Townsend, still opting to go down the left, and there's Montoya again. Wunderbar, sensational for Montoya. He has been a man mountain down the left side in this clash, and he's in the score again. But it has been a wholehearted team performance here by the Warriors as the clock counts down and the Townsville fans are disappointed. But the Warriors fans, they are over the moon and it is win number two in season 2023. It's Townsville. After 80 minutes of tough football, they have five tries to two and they win this one in round three, 26-12. The one New Zealand Warriors, eh? They now sit fourth on the NRL ladder after thrilling and convincing 26-12 win over the North Queensland Cowboys. That was against the odds. That result sees the end of an 11-month losing streak in Australia for our Warriors, and we say that very proudly. And judging by the words of inspirational captain Tohu Harris, their newfound mental toughness can be attributed to the work of the new head coach, Andrew Webster. So let's get into what was another stellar weekend of the NRL. Uh, Vossi on Mondays, it's uh, always uh, a real highlight for us and uh, we welcome the voice of uh, Rugby League, Andrew Voss, to our show. Good morning to you, sir. G'day, Smithy, and uh, the sun's never shone brighter um, on the Warriors. That, uh, yeah, look, look, I'll, I'll put it in perspective and I've caught a lot of Warriors games, as you know, over the years. I mean, there's been uh, more scintillating attacking performances and dynamic and all of those things, but I reckon every Warriors fan listening right now We'll swap all of those great, you know, those days where they're absolutely on and Sean Johnson was scoring three tries and Connie Harrell and all of that. They would swap it to see what they did on Saturday every week because that was the win of a very good rugby league side. You know, the, the qualities, the, the ingredients of that win, if you can do that every week, you're going to win far more games than you lose. They played the Cowboys. It was a hot day, you know. People would be thinking, oh, weather advantage, all of those sorts of things. The Cowboys did not score a point after the 14th minute. And the Warriors made just a couple of handling errors in the second half when you thought, oh, no, here they go again. Didn't drop their bundle. Game management, finish the game off, kick to the corners, all those things that the really good sides do, the Warriors did on Saturday. That was a really really good win by the Warriors and some may say one of their better ones in Australia. Okay, let's uh, start at the back and look at the the debutant, Tane uh, Tua Upiki. How did you feel he went against Tom Chester, if you lined them up? 
Well, look, both, I thought both fullbacks um, looked really accomplished. And it's a testament to the uh, Host Plus Cup, the, the Queensland Cup, um, the, the, the foundation that they've obviously there. Um, Tua Fiki was one of the stars of that competition last year, uh, and he brought that into NRL. I thought what you want from your fullback, certainly to give confidence to the blokes in front, is under the high ball and kick returns, and he did all of those things. I thought a really, a, a very encouraging uh, first game in the NRL. To the point where, you know, if there's any problems with Charles Nickel Cookstar, uh, there you go. Depth is proven. This bloke, um, this bloke looked very good. Right. Okay. Then uh, let's look at um, a more experienced uh, player in Sean Johnson. Uh, what are you seeing there? I mean, you've called a zillion Sean Johnson games. Yeah. Well, we got a bit. We got a mix of everything on um, Saturday because you saw some of the old Johnson, the skipping around the step, doesn't quite have the. The, the speed of yesteryear, but that, that was good, that he would still back himself to keep defences guessing, but it was the game management factor that he often gets criticised for for not taking control of the side. He certainly did uh, the other day. But mind you, with some pretty good uh, partners in crime, if I could use that expression, I mean, Tamale Martin was, was arguably the best player on the field. And then you've got the off-season recruits Gee, as a package, the, the Warriors have signed the best players this year. Like, as a group, Barney, enormous difference on the left. His numbers were great the other day, and, and glad to hear there's no serious injury there. Baradani Yakore is just a bruising, you know, rugby league player. You pick him every week in your 17. And Dylan Walker is the, is the quintessential number 14. You throw him out there in the middle, and he makes a difference every game he plays. So they've recruited really well. And those players are living up to the hopes and expectations of the team they've, they've joined. Tohu Harrison is uh, 200th. Oh, another Tohu Harris game. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could just you know, brush it by and say, well, it's just like his other 199. Yeah, he doesn't... He, there's no alarming gap between best and worst with Tohu. He just doesn't have a worst. You know, there's nothing... You know, he, he just is a contributor and he is a leader. Um, and, and he did that again. Plenty of touches, work rate high. Um, again, that's, a nev- uh, that's another um, another area that the Warriors, and I'm sounding full of hope today. I mean, that's another area they tick. I just think they have more leaders this year. Um, I, I just think with the players that they've signed, I think there's a little bit more on-field leadership. They don't all, you know, they don't have to have the C next to their name to be leaders. And I think the Warriors sort of had four or five you know, on-field leaders from Fanua Blake up front and co. Um, you know, I think, I think that's also part of contributing to why Warriors fans should be feeling hopeful today. Well, the, the next opponent, um, I believe, is the Bulldogs, 26-22 uh, yep. over the Tigers. So uh, is it conceivable? And at home, and at home, I must say, is it conceivable they just keep this run going against the Dogs? Oh, well, first of all, on behalf of the Warriors, I'll, I'll put out the call to arms today. I think this game is worthy of... 20,000 plus. I've called the Bulldogs the last couple of weeks, Smithy, and when they get moving, they are really good to watch. Um, so they've won their last two matches, Canterbury against Melbourne and the Tigers. Um, they've racked up some great tries in the process. So the Canterbury side coming to Auckland will be good to watch. And the Warriors are two wins on the board. Um, I think it's one of the games of the weekend and around where there's some sensational fixtures. This one is not to be missed. Uh, I think an even-money bet, really, based on the form I've seen of these uh, two sides so far this year. So bring it on. Great contest. will be good entertainment. Right. Uh, it started uh, way, way back on Thursday uh, with the Seagulls under, I say this, under new coach uh, Anthony Seabold, of course, because um, Des is gone. Um, how are you liking the Eagles? 
Oh, well, very good. Uh, oh, no, 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 it's not sure it's good. good rather than very good. Um, I think still a little bit to prove, but um, they're, they're making winning a habit. They, you know, won the pre-season challenge with the two wins there, and now they've come out with two wins and, uh, and the buy as well. So uh, as far as results are concerned, good, but there's still obviously plenty of room for improvement. They could have lost that game the other night. I mean, Parramatta are sitting bottom of the table, but could... Could have won all three. I can't recall a team sitting last on the ladder has actually led in the second half of all three of their games, no matter of lead speed. <laughs> yeah, that's mm. ridiculous. A team that made the grand final last year um, have, have sort of forgotten how to win. Uh, so they led in the first match and lost Golden Point. They didn't trail until the 83rd minute in round number one. They had the lead against the Sharks a number of times and lost in round two. And they hit the front five minutes into the second half against Manly, and you thought, well, you know, they'll, they'll get a move on. But they um very inconsistent within the, uh, the the second 40 minutes. So Manly, good. Parramatta, work to do. I don't know whether the gap between Parramatta finding top form and where they're at right now is all that big, but it is pressure because the next two weeks they play Penrith and the Roosters. So they'll want to come good. You know, they, you know zero and five becomes alarming, doesn't it? Obviously, quite obviously, zero and three is a worry. But I don't think their form's terrible. Um, but if they if they get to zero and five, then they've got they've got serious problems. I think everyone was thinking that the Dolphins were a reasonable chance against the Knights, and then um, they lost the lead on a couple of occasions. I thought, okay, here we are. They haven't probably got the wherewithal just yet to get themselves out of dicey situations. Thirty six twenty, completely overrunning them in the last ten fifteen minutes of the game. Five tries out wide to their wingers. Um, man, oh yep. man! I mean, if you just flew in from Mars, this isn't an expansion team look, is it? <laughs> I like that experience. If you flew in from Mars, well, uh, you'd go straight to a rugby league game, quite obviously, if you did fly in from outer space, and you'd be pretty impressed. You'd be sticking around to watch another one. Um, no, the Dolphins are playing uh, what some people are saying, uh, it's Wayne Bennett-style football. Like he, He's given a tough edge to the side already. Um, there's no doubt about that. But, uh, you know, we're not going to be, you know, we're going to just roll over. And they were competitive right from, you know, game one against the Roosters. And, and all three games, I think they have... Well, it's been three sets of different conditions. You know, game one had all the emotion of their very first game. Game two, the awful weather and the wet and, and Simbin players and all that sort of thing, so they won there. And then against Newcastle, I, I actually did have them as favourites, but the way they finished off lived up to that expectation. You know, they, they, they won like a good side at the finish against Newcastle, who had a decent crowd in, um, got the crowd behind them because Newcastle hit the front after half-time, but... No, the Dolphins finished it off. Um, Kafusi will be a big loss for Friday night against the Broncos. But um, it'll be a pretty happy place to be at the moment, um, the Dolphins, back home this week uh, and looking at a 50,000-plus crowd at Suncorp Stadium on Friday nights. How good's that? Unbelievable. That and, and that's sort of side that hardly really even know what home is, to be honest, Fossey, no. to be fair, uh, against yeah. uh, a side that does know where home is. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's just, it's, it is, yeah, there's some, been some pretty good storylines already this season, but there's none better than the Dolphins, uh, and I heard their CEO talking yesterday, you know, merchandise sales, memberships, <laughs> things are increasing by the week, um, so, yeah, a feel-good um, story at the moment in rugby league is the Dolphins, with this incredible 73-year-old Wayne Bennett at the helm. Well, they say it's the the most bruising uh, the game going into it with the most feeling uh, year after year, and that's the Roosters and the Rabbitohs. 
Roosters just uh, coming out on top there, 22 18. What'd you make of that, Bossy? Oh, yeah, and that was in front of over 36,000 Smithy. So it, it sort of had a cauldron like atmosphere at Allianz, um, plenty of passion and, and moments. And Joey Manu, a try saving play. I know he ended up with a, a suspension for a later tackle, but, you know, there were some brilliant moments in that match. I mean, that was. That was a semi-final in uh, in March, really, the way it was played and the way these two teams go at each other. And the Roosters, um, look, I've got them, look, pre-season prediction, I had the Roosters as my number one team, but I think they're well short of their best. But the fact that they can win a big game like that, not at their best, I think enforces my, uh, reinforces my opinion of them. I think they're, they're every bit of top four side this year, the Roosters. Uh, and that was a big game. And they, and they got the job done. So South Sydney came up a little short. Some of their big players, you know, like Cody Walker from the South Fam, and a little bit disappointed again. I think his temperament gets the better of him, not in a good way. Um, and the Roosters got the job done in a very big match. Vossi, every week uh, I write down the results before I talk to you just to give myself a bit of a revision. But, and I always chuck exclamation marks against uh, what I believe to be the turn-up. Titans 38, Storm 34, yeah? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's happened now twice. I, I called the game a few years ago where the Titans, where Melbourne scored 36 points at Suncorp Stadium and still got beaten by the Titans, and now lightning strikes again. How can a Melbourne side score 34? If you told me, uh, you know, on Friday going into the weekend, Melbourne's going to score 34 points against the Titans, well, I'm actually putting my house on Melbourne that that would be a winning result. I'd be taking whatever odds because you say Melbourne's gone 34, they're going to win. Well, they didn't. I mean, Craig Bellamy will be beside himself um, that the team last week conceded 26 in 50 minutes against the Bulldogs. They were down 26 nil, and, and looking, you know, staring down the barrel at 40 or 50, the way the Bulldogs go. And then on the weekend, 38 against the Titans. Some of the tries coming directly off uh, Melbourne Storm horrific errors uh, either side of half time. Uh, I'll stand by this assessment of Melbourne City. If they have their big four, and I call their big four Pappenhausen, Munster, Hughes and Grant. If they have their big four on deck every week, they're a chance of making the top four. If they have three of the four, they're, they're top eight. If they only have two of the four, I think they could miss the eight. And you throw in um, Nelson, Asafa, Solomona on the injured list and they lose their power man up front. And then you throw in their off-season losses of the Bromwich boys, Kafusi, Brandon Smith. The depth isn't there. So Melbourne need to be at full strength. Otherwise, they're in trouble. They should get past the Tigers this week. That'll be a win. But I think Saturday again highlighted, Melbourne is nowhere near the team they once were. Kevy Walters v Wayne Bennett. Um, that's a mouth-watering sort of matchup, isn't it? Uh, coaching against each other. Uh, on the back of a Broncos, uh, pretty good performance against the Dragons. It might, it might well be uh, quite a long season for the Dragons, I think. Well, they 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 were they were pretty good, but when you know when it got down to the the absolute you know business end of the game, they got their bundle. The Dragons and Anthony Griffin would be hoping that that's a a one off that they're better than that. But it was alarming. I mean, the tries was a rush. If the if the game had gone another ten minutes, the Broncos would have ended up, ended up with sixty on the board. So dominant were they in the championship minutes of that match. So look, I'm not uh, you know there's there's enough positives out of the game for the Dragons, but. It is alarming the way the game finished off, and they have only played the two games. They did have the bye first up, so let's hold our judgment on where the Dragons are at. As for the Broncos, they are a side with some real talent in it. 
um, and some players that are well and truly on the way up. And you look at blokes like Ezra Mam, and you look at Reese Walsh, who looks an even better player now. He may be one of the quickest players in the game over 10, 15 metres. Um, and Katoni Stagg's getting better. Uh, Selwyn Cobbo, you know, there's some brilliant young talent in that side. Um, Brisbane, I probably need to reassess. I didn't have in my eight. If I'm picking my eight now, I've got them as certainties. Right, okay. Um, just finally, uh, to sum it all up, uh, Ricky Stewart had something to smile about yesterday. Uh, they're getting up uh, 24-20 at home against the Sharks, who came back a bit too late. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, with, with uh, Royce Hunt and the suddenly they, they score points as well. It was 24-10. They scored two tries, 24-20. Um, a fair bit to like about Canberra, because resilience, terrible broken jaw to Denny Levi, sadly in the opening minutes of play. I'm told, Smithy, they're having to send um, some staff out today to look for his teeth. They still haven't found his teeth, so they have to do a search of the ground uh, today to find the missing teeth, um, which is a pretty nasty sort of story to it all. But no, Canberra, toughness. Uh, Corey Horsburgh, the big redhead, scoring a couple of tries. Uh, a fighting performance by Canberra and a much-needed win for them. They don't, you know, they put in a lot of effort in their first two games and got pipped in both of them. Uh, by uh, the Dolphins and also by the Cowboys. So they probably feel this is our reward for three weeks' work. Uh, just uh, finally, uh, what's Brandy saying about the Warriors? Is he is he pretty impressed by the whole deal? I mean, you're working with him on a daily basis, basically. Yeah, called, called the game with Brandy on uh, on Saturday and then with him on air this morning. Yeah, very impressed. Rated it one of the, the most professional wins he'd seen by the Warriors. Uh, simply because of game management and the way they went about it. And they, you know, you can you could probably bag the Cowboys, but the Warriors forced the Cowboys into that situation because they didn't let up. Whereas a Warriors side, the way Brandy said, you know, a Warriors side will switch off for five, ten minutes and concede 18 points in that time. And I'm pretty sure our Warriors fans listening know exactly what he's saying. But the other day, the Warriors did not switch off. So, you know, that was a really good effort. That's the blueprint for further success. Andrew Voss, as always, uh, we enjoy this appointment with you on a Monday morning and thanks very much with your honest assessment of what happened over the weekend. Have a terrific week uh, on air, mate. Thank you. Will do, Smitty. Thanks, mate. And, uh, yeah, Warriors fans, get out to Mount Smart on Sunday when you take on the Bulldogs. It'll be great entertainment to watch.